Christ is risen. text on this, the transfiguration of our Lord, is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. Jesus was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus appearance changes drastically. He shines with unborrowed light as he becomes utterly and totally transparent regarding his divinity, the fact that he's God. Jesus is God of God and light of light. Moses and Elijah appear with him on this mountain peak and affirm that he is the Christ who fulfills the law, that he is the one spoken of by the prophets. Note, they're already in heaven. Where our Lord is, there heaven and earth intersect. God the Father then removes any doubt whatsoever when he says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Unlike Jesus, we are anything but transparent about who we are. There's a side of us that we don't want others to see, a side held captive by our sinful nature, the side of us that is self-centered and selfish, indifferent to the needs of others, the side that lusts after people and things that don't belong to us, that's stingy and lazy, that delights in telling others about the faults and mistakes of another, the side that does what is, quite frankly, shameful in thought, word, and deed. It's kind of interesting we don't hear that anymore do we? You should be ashamed of yourselves. There seems to be no shame in our culture today because we're enveloped by the dark clouds of sin and death. We, uh, we think we can hide these things from God and others, but that's not true. Sooner or later, it will be, all of this will be exposed, and it will be exposed for all to see. Now, ironically, social media intensifies this futile way of thinking that we can hide everything from God and each other by giving us the appearance of privacy when we use it. What do we do? We connect to the World Wide Web, right? The internet, it's called the cloud. And you might be doing that in the privacy of your own home or your own room with this little device, and you think it's just between you and the person you send it to, right? And the rest of it, it goes up in the clouds and you know dissipates like the clouds and fog dissipates with the sun, right? 
that it's all abstract, that nobody will ever see this. No one will ever use this, this text I send or this picture I send. Well, I've got news for you. All of this information is stored in server farms. I don't know if you know this, but apparently Facebook has server, server farm, farms, a lot of server farms in, in Sweden. I don't know, maybe they got a good deal there, I don't know. But what I do know, if you do something wrong, the authorities can access all of that information, everything you've ever texted or sent. But it's, it's worse than that, right? You ever hear of a hacker? You know, you might send a text to someone and they might be mad and they might expose you, right? But there are people who intentionally try to get your information to destroy you. And a lot of times they're successful at it. They even go after your financial stuff, right? I hear these commercials all the time about how they're stealing even people's uh, mortgages the, or their, their houses by um, taking the deed, right? The World Wide Web. The World Wide Web of this fallen world. Anything it has on you can and will be used against you. It will be exposed. You know, we have this idea about God, too, right? That he knows, you know, he's just out there, he's in the abstract, he's in the cloud, you know. And as if he has nothing to do with us. But if you remember, all along in the scriptures throughout history, who's in the cloud? Jesus. The second person of the Holy Trinity. God is in the cloud. And he knows everything. He knows more than the World Wide Web, right? He knows and sees every sinful thought, every unkind word, every single shameful deed. You see, he sees through us. We can't block the light of the glory of God. It exposes us. He's seen it in everyone, all of this bad stuff, since the fall and of humanity. And yet, here's the good news. He comes in the flesh to save us. He knew before he even did it. He knows the extent of your concupiscence, of your evil. And that doesn't stop him because he created you. Your Father in heaven created you, and he loves you, not because of what you do or don't do, but for you, who you are. And he seeks to have you back in the family, with him and one another, rejoicing in life as it was created and redeemed to be. Now, Jesus is genuine about who he is and what he is here to do. And did you catch what God the Father says? He says, listen to him. Well, why listen to Jesus? Well, he's about to embody everything that's wrong with you and me on his way to the cross, right? On this Mount of Transfiguration, we get a glimpse of his glory. And we get a glimpse 
of how we will be bodily. Can you imagine a perfect body with no sin, no age, no forgetfulness, where we know everyone by name again, and we see each other, and even though we've been perfected, we recognize each other, and we know each other better there than we'll, we, we could ever know each other here. And I think I'm, I'm fascinated by Peter, James, and John that they recognize Moses and Elijah. They're given to see them. And that's how it will be for all of us. This is what God in Christ has come to do. And what he, the way he does it is he, he embodies everything that's wrong with us. He takes it into himself, suffers and dies for us, buries it in his death, and rises victorious over it in his resurrection. I love how Jesus says to the disciples, Peter, James, and John, you know, you got a glimpse of this, and it's going to look really, really bad now, but don't say anything about this until after it's done, because what our Lord shows us, what he promises us, is always done. Then you go and you confess, then you go and proclaim the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, because it's done now, when I rise from the dead. Jesus is Lord. He is God of God and light of light, very God of very God. Shining in the bright cloud of the unborrowed light of God's presence. And notice the cloud of his presence. He was in that pillar of cloud that led the Israelites in the Old Testament, right? God was there in Christ, right? Cloud by day, fire by night, Fire in the burning bush, the angel, the messenger, who is the message, Jesus Christ, there all along, knowing every single thing about us, and yet not using any of it against us. Not a single thing, not a thought, not a word, not a deed. And notice, unlike the the World Wide Web, which is a web of fallen humanity, right? The true God, what does he do? He says, I will remember your sin no more. The servers are erased. There is nothing that anyone can hold you against you anymore. Because he says, it's been all held against me. Jesus exposes our sin not to destroy us, but to rid us of it. And notice how we confessed that with the apostle this morning, just a few minutes ago. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You can't deny it. You can't cover it. can't blame others for it. The truth is not in us if we deny our sin. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In his light, we see light, to quote the psalmist. It is no longer veiled. And listen what the apostle says in our epistle lesson. For the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We can see him now. We can see God now in Christ and not be destroyed by that light. 
You see, the light of God in our lives, though, is borrowed from him and now radiates in us and through us as his word has its way in our lives. Again, that's why the Father says, listen to him. Let his word shape and form who you are. He does everything well. With him, he is well pleased. So he takes up residence with us so that the Apostle Paul even goes so far to say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And notice how this kind of plays out in the Old Testament lesson. Moses' face shone because he had been talking to God. <laughs> it shone. He glowed with light, the light and life of God. And then, like the apostles, going back to our epistle lesson again today, listen, listen what he says. What we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord with ourselves as your servants for Christ's sake. So as we listen to Jesus, his word enlightens us and reflects off of us in love toward others. That's what this word does to us, in us, and through us. Quote from, the, from John, he says, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been, now listen to this, carried out in God. In other words, these are the works of God playing out in our lives in the lives of his children. So you are called to be, what, salt and light, with the salt and light of his word. Pastor Reed Lessing writes, quote, Jesus is the light of the world who took on flesh so that he might take you into his arms, heal your hurts, forgive your filth, and destroy your darkness. End quote. So when our Lord looks us on us in love, as the hymn writer and that beautiful hymn just reminded us, quote, at once there falls from God a ray of purest pleasure. As Jesus shines here in this place with the bright cloud of his unborrowed light, God's own love through him has reached us to live in him here and above. This is his great salvation. Christ is risen. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.